Today, we're going to talk about the golden thread that flows through from Genesis to Revelation and what made it very nearly didn't happen. And so I take as my theme in Luke 24, when Jesus is walking with the disciples, he says to them, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. And then we read a little while later, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us while he was speaking with us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? So if there's one thing that I would like, if I had a tape recorder that could go back in time, is to go and listen to what Jesus said to the disciples, because that would be the most amazing story that you could hear. So I'm going to give my best representation right now of what he said to the disciples. I can hear an echo. Is that through the headphones there, Jitin? Yeah, okay. So um, uh, my goal then this morning is to see how the golden thread runs through the whole story of the Bible and what it means for our lives now. And I want to trace some of the highlights of this story. There's so much to it, and Jesus probably took several hours going. I'm just going to give you some highlights. And um, I'm going to begin with a, a graphic image from the last book of the Bible, Revelation 12, verses 4 and 5. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. So who is that referring to? Who's the woman? Mary. Well, a simple answer is Mary, but actually it's more than Mary. It's in fact the whole line from Eve through to Mary. And Mary's the final representative. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule or the nations. So, um, this now note that this is not a literal dragon. This is Revelation. They're images. And also note that in ancient times, a dragon was thought of as like a giant serpent. It was an image for a giant serpent. And so it would evoke the snake imagery from Genesis. And those these verses then are a picture of the whole story from the beginning to the end. And what I'm going to do then is I'm going to start by going from uh, Exodus, sorry, sorry, from creation through to Exodus. That's the first phase I'm going to look at. Then I'm going to look for at uh, from um, Exodus through to attacks on the line of David. And then the last one is I'm going to look at the climax of the dragon's attack. So those three eras of history and what this dragon was doing during those times. So let's start with the period from the creation through to the Exodus. And we know that God created the world perfectly, not a flaw. There was no sin in it. And Satan took on the form of a snake to deceive even Adam and to, and to corrupt this perfect creation that God had made. And we read in, after Adam and Eve had sinned, God made a promise to Eve regarding her future. 
And theologians call this the Proto-Evangelion, which really means the first gospel. It was the beginning, the very, very first gospel message that was there, the beginning of Genesis. And I will put hostility between you, the serpent, and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. Her offspring will attack your head, and you will attack her offspring's heel. And so that is the, the very, very first um, uh, mention then of this line of the, the fight between the dragon, the serpent's um, seed and Eve's offspring. So if we look then at how this began, how this warfare began, um, the first thing that Satan tried to do was to corrupt the whole world. And as the the uh, humanity grew before the flood, we know that sin got more and more and more and more. And we read in Genesis 6, the Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind had become great on the earth. Every inclination of the thoughts of their minds was only evil all the time. And it looked like Satan had had managed to nonetheless manage to pollute this creation, this beautiful creation God had made. Satan had polluted it. But God was one step ahead because God said he would actually make a new start through Noah's family. And so the earth was wiped clean and a new beginning was made through Noah's family. And when he made and he was like a new Adam figure and God renewed this promise that he'd made to Eve. He renewed it to Noah. And we read in Genesis 9, God said, this is the guarantee of the covenant that I'm making with you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all subsequent generations. I will place my rainbow in the clouds and it will become a guarantee of the covenant between me and the earth. So every time you see a rainbow, remember, it's the promise. It's the promise of this line through from Eve through to Jesus. And um, so uh, a new start is made through Noah's family. But then Satan does the same thing and it begins to become more corrupt. And we have the story of the Tower of Babel and how humanity was becoming corrupt. Well, God did something different this time. Can anybody tell me what he did? Rather than flooding the earth, he did something different. He confused them. Yeah, he confused the languages. And then what did he do as a step? towards the Jesus, the Messiah. Yes, but who was it with? Abraham. Abraham, that's right. He chose a new person. It was Abraham and Sarah who were chosen for uh, a new step, a new stage. And uh, so so what we see then is, is uh, Satan trying to again corrupt the earth but the new figure of Abraham and Sarah and this is what he said I solemnly swear by my own name decrees the Lord I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be as countless as the stars in the sky or the grains of sand on the seashore and through your offspring shall all the uh, nations of the earth be blessed Sorry, you missed that bottom bit there because that's... Can you see that on there? Yes. All, through your offspring shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So that is really, really important because now we have a narrowing down 
of the promise. We, it's not just anybody that's going to come through. We know it's through Abraham. And what this means, though, is that Satan has a more precise target. He doesn't have to try and get everybody because he knows it's one of Abraham's seed. And we see sustained attacks on Abraham's descendants through this time. And we see uh, attacks then. We've seen, let's summarize, we saw Noah. Now we've got Abraham's descendants, which are Isaac and Jacob, and then the nation in Egypt and the nation in the wilderness. Now, when the nation were in Egypt, uh, can you think of any attack that, that the dragon made against to destroy, try and take out the, the line from Eve? Any attacks? Uh, Try to kill Joseph, although Joseph wasn't directly in the line, but through Joseph, the rest of them survived. But when they were in Egypt, can you think of any other way? Hmm? Slavery, Slavery, yes. But more than slavery, slavery didn't wipe them out, did it? Exactly, to kill the male children. Exactly. That was what was, that would would have, have wiped out the line. And so this, this, Pharaoh, inspired by the dragon, was trying to wipe out this whole line of uh, from that was coming from Eve. But then uh, we have them, of course, God rescuing them. They escape. They escape. They go into the wilderness, and uh, they're on the way to God taking them to the promised land. Now, let me ask you a question: Is there any time that you can think of? Where this um, this uh, attack from of the the dragon from Eve through to Revelation actually was a literal snake, like it was in in Eden. Any other time? Go on, Anne. The fiery serpents in the wilderness. That's right. The fiery serpents in the wilderness. Now, what's really interesting is that this here, this is a picture from archaeology. And when we look at archaeology, we see lots of images of these winged serpents because they actually represented a demonic power. And this is how they used them. And it kind of represented kingship in ancient times, but it was kingship inspired by this power. And so it wasn't just a random image. These these um, these uh, creatures that were, that were put there, that were sent there, that God allowed to come were attacking from uh, to wipe out the nation but of course they did this because um, God allowed it because of their rebellion against God against himself so what's really remarkable is that Jesus actually identifies this image uh, with his own salvation and here's another another um, archaeological image of the winged serpent quite amazing um so in John 3, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, Moses took a brass copy of a serpent, nailed it to a pole, lifted it up, and anybody who looked at it would be healed. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And so this is this is really so Good, because this shows you not just the attack of Satan, but how even Jesus is identifying that point 
of the attack with what he is doing to bring freedom. So it just fits together. I, I, you know, when I see these connections all fitting together, it really encourages me because it just makes sense of everything that's happening. And uh, so, so what we've been looking at then is this period of time that goes from creation right the way through to Israel, Israel becoming a nation and the attacks that happened. And so um, what we're going to look at now is the line of David and then finally the climax. So what about the line of David? How did this how did this work? Well, can anybody think of a, a story very early in the life of David when we see some sort of some sort of uh, battle involving like injuring your head? <laughs> Good you didn't Goliath, yes. And you may have heard me preach on Goliath as before. But, you know, if you look at the literal word for describing his armor, it was scaly armor. The word is scaly. You know, so you have you have this tangible image of the the uh, seed of the serpent, the descendant from the serpent and David taking it head on and David actually going for the head, which is what the promise was. And what's remarkable is that. Um, that uh, God made a covenant with David and said that there's like the one he made with Abraham, that he made with Noah. Um, he said, David, it's through your line that the Messiah is going to come through one of your descendants. Now, of course, this narrows down the target of the dragon because it doesn't have to get or even all the Israelites. Just the line of David would be good enough. In fact, getting David would be great. So you can see, like this sustained attack, like his fr- the person who was originally his friend, Saul, suddenly turns against him in a horrible way and just pursues him and tries to kill him. And some of the escapes that David has, like when they're in the cave, they're just amazing. God is supernaturally looking after David and Saul is trying to kill him with such merciless uh, intentionality. And then after he is made king, there are various other attacks on his throne. And one of them is with his own son, Absalom. And you may remember the story with Absalom uh, making, mounting the surprise attack. David's taken completely by surprise, has to run for it. And one of the really interesting things is we see now another connection between David's at, being attacked by Absalom and what happened to Jesus. And... Um, I'll, I'll read this to you and you can you can tell me what the connection is. Psalm 41. My enemies say of me in malice, when will he die and his name perish? All who hate me whisper together about me. They imagine the worst for me. They say a deadly thing is poured out on him. He will not rise again from where he lies. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. But you, O Lord, will be be gracious to me, raise me up. My enemy will not shout in triumph over me. But you have set me in your presence forever. So what's the connection? Who can tell me? You probably, I've given it away by putting a verse in red there. So what's the connection? Yeah? Judas, that's right. So do you know who David is speaking about? It's actually Ahithophel, who's his trusted friend, who's been with him through everything and who's his advisor. And 
He is with David like his inner core of friends and Ahithophel decides to leave and join Absalom right and betrays him right at this time. And Jesus says this is this is he Jesus quotes this verse and says, you know, this is actually identifying with me. It's the same thing that's happening. An attack of the dragon. So there were numerous attacks then on David's descendants. Um, right up until the time of Jesus. Some of them are, are more dramatic than others. And uh, one of them, the, the most dramatic, is with Queen Ataliah. Queen Ataliah, she was the, um, she was the, uh, married to the king. And when the king died, she wanted to continue control of the kingdom. And so her plan was, why didn't I kill all of my own children so that I retain power? What, what do you think of that? Like, <laughs> anyway, that was her plan, which she tried to do, and she thought she succeeded, um, which would have wiped out the line. Now, of course, we know it's not Ataliah herself. It's it's the it's Satan within her that's doing this. It's the dragon. Ataliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead. She proceeded to destroy the whole royal family. But Jehoshiba, the daughter of King Jerome and sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the royal princes who were about to be murdered. She put him and his nurse in a bedroom to hide him from Athaliah, so he was not killed. So he was hidden and uh, protected supernaturally by this incredibly vicious attack that you can only ascribe to the evil one behind it. So numerous attacks like this on the line. So, so let's go back then. Oh, he remained hidden with his nurse at the temple of the Lord for six years while Ataliah was in the land. And then they, they brought him out of the temple and he was crowned king. And the line continued. So, uh, the golden thread. We've looked at Exodus through to Egypt. We've looked at the line of David. And now we're going to look at the climax of the dragon's attack. So, what happened was the nation of Israel began to sink deeper into depravity. And once again, Satan was trying to corrupt the whole nation so it wouldn't be suitable for Jesus to come. And so God, just like God cleansed the earth with a flood, he did something similar with the nation. He took the entire nation into captivity and then invited the ones who really wanted to worship him, who were 42,000, to return. And they returned a generation later. And a new nation was born, if you like, who really had a passion for God. And they didn't know who it was, but among them was the one who was going to lead to Jesus. Um, So uh, during this time, the prophets began to whisper that God was going to do something. And we began to hear more and more reports of this. These amazing prophecies uh, like Isaiah 53. He was wounded because of our rebellious deeds, crushed because of our sins. He endured punishment that was made us well because of his wounds we have been healed. All of us had wandered off like sheep. Each of us had strayed off on his own path. But the Lord caused the sin of all of us to attack him. It goes on. He was treated harshly and afflicted, but he did not even open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughtering block, like a sheep silent before her shearers, 
he did not even open his mouth. He was led away after an unjust trial, but who even cared? Indeed, he was cut off from the land of the living because of the rebellion of his own people. He was wounded. And so this is just, this is one of the most well-known ones in Isaiah 53, but lots of whispering of the prophets that the time was getting near. Something was going to be happening. But then um, Satan made another massive attack when suddenly he learned the precise location through the through three, uh, through, um, I'll say three, through a number of wise men who came from the east gave the game away because they'd been studying the scripture. And so what did Satan do? Exactly. Herod tried to kill all the babies. Doesn't that remind you of something? It's the same, the same dragon as back in the time of Pharaoh. It's exactly the same technique. Let's just do genocide. Let's, then we can catch the one. And so this is what happened. Tried and of course failed as we know. And then finally the last step, the last attempt is when Jesus is hanging on the cross and Satan feels he's won. Look, he's won the victory. This was the one that God had promised. Satan didn't understand how it, salvation was going to work. He didn't understand that Jesus was actually going to die for us and be raised again. He didn't understand that what he was doing was in fact giving the victory to God. And so when Jesus was hanging on the cross, we read this incredible verse. I mean, I have a job not to tear up as I read this because this is just, this is just the most wonderful verses in the Bible. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks to be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus has destroyed death on the cross. He's actually destroyed the power of death. And so what was broken by Adam and Eve at the beginning has been restored by Jesus. He was raised again, a new creation, which we join him in if we're joined to him. And so this is the line from the beginning of the Bible through to the end of the Bible. This is the line of the attacks. And the attack was not just, Jesus didn't just um, sidestep the attack he turned the attack into victory and so what satan thought was his greatest hour turned into his actual defeat isn't that amazing isn't that exciting i mean that is the the ultimate story like god god loves to tell stories god is a storyteller and this is the ultimate story when your enemy thinks that they've won they think that what they've done has actually defeated you that turns into the victory that their they actually destroy themselves by their own venomous attack. And so, um, so what I want to do is to challenge you is where are you in this? Where are you in this story? And I want to say to you that all of us have been bitten by the snake. 
all of us have been. Like we're like Israelites in the wilderness. That's not the question. You can't avoid being bitten. The question is where you're looking. And look to Jesus. And don't just look once, but keep looking at Jesus. And so my takeaway from this is that um, life is biting us all the time. Like we read in Revelation that Satan goes on trying to attack God's people. But actually, we have the victory through Christ Jesus, as this text says. So I want to advise, I want to give you this encouragement right now as we move into 2022. You're going to see attacks all the time, but you don't even have to worry about them because your victory is so secure in Christ. What you have to worry about is whether you are looking at the Saviour, whether you are looking at him. All you have to do is to look and just say, I have my strength in you. He is the victor. And that's the amazing victory that we have. So I get excited about this because what could be more exciting? What could be more uplifting than to have a a story that ends with such a climax? So let's close in prayer, shall we? Thank you, God, that you have won this amazing victory against evil. And thank you, God, that we are part of it, that we can look to you and we can live even as we're attacked, even as we struggle. Lord, we thank you, thank you, Lord, that, that death has been defeated on the cross. And Lord, I pray that everyone here, everybody watching us online will experience your power as they face the warfare that we will continue to face until your return. As we face this warfare, we'll know we have the victory through the one who loved us, the one who gave his life for us, the one who has our backs, the one who has us, our future, who has us in the palm of his hand and will never let us go. Jesus, we look to you. Jesus, our eyes are on you. We will never take our eyes off you because you have won and destroyed death. You've destroyed the dragon. Thank you. Amen.